0: The Aside podcast is a free resource thanks to the support of Drama Victoria. Hello and welcome to The Aside, a podcast for drama teachers and students. I'm Nick Waxman and today we'll be speaking to Julia Smith, the stage manager of COSY, playing now at MTC until June 8. It is on the VCE Theatre Studies Unit 3 playlist, so the questions are skewed to help those Victorian drama students and teachers working with the new study design. You can find more information about the MTC season at mtc.com.au. Julia Smith graduated from VCA Production in 2008, and her first job in stage management was in the same year at Melbourne Theatre Company for Rock and Roll. Since then, Julia has stage managed a number of productions at MTC, including The Cherry Orchard, Private Lives, Vivid White, A Doll's House Part 2, The Speechmaker, Three Little Words and Twelfth Night. In 2010, Julia was the stage manager for Bali Agung, the Bali Safari and Marine Park, a show that is still running today. Other stage management credits include Bell Shakespeare's 2011 national tour of Julius Caesar, Phaedra, The Dream, and most recently, Antony and Cleopatra. Without further ado, we bring you Julia Smith on COSY. Hello, Julia. Yes, hello. Thanks for being on the podcast. Pleasure. Has COSI been recontextualized?
1: It not re ever so slightly. Like, um, I think it's the director really wanted to serve the play as it was, but or as it is, sorry. Um, but actually setting it in the 70s was a real thing which is in the play, but obviously in the film it's set in the eighties. So um she really wanted to create um a world that um that we could all relate to um in this time right now in 2019 so that yeah everyone can feel that they um have a have a sense of purpose all the characters have a sense of purpose in this world that we live in
0: will the play be recontextualized to 2019 or set in the 1970s?
1: It is still set in the 70s, yes. The play is set in the 70s. But being set in the 70s, the characters are still it's still very relatable. The themes and everything is still very relatable to, um, to present day.
0: Has the script been modernised?
1: Uh, no, the script hasn't been modernised. Um, but the, the characters, I guess... Um, because it is universal and is still very relatable um, to now. So there was really no need to modernise it and having um, the themes, having Vietnam War and everything, you know, setting it in the 70s was the, um, yeah, the best way to do it.
0: Has the play been changed at all to fit our current social, political or cultural context? It's
1: only been adapted in the way that the characters are portrayed, I feel, Um, instead of you know, making them look like they have a real mental problems, um, making it obvious, which back in in the 70s, um, how it said in a mental asylum, you know, people people with mental um, issues and um, disabilities, I guess they were um, put in a... In society, they were treated a lot different to what they are now. Now, people who have... um, any kind of mental problem or issue, whatever the correct term is for that, um, they, you know, they were treated a lot different back in the seventies, and now you can look at someone and not know that they have all these issues. But um, because we have a lot more help around us and there's a lot more um, mental health awareness going on,
0: how have the production areas enhanced these ideas?
1: They're more the the characters have more become. Ordinary people um, just doing, yeah. I guess the line in the play is ordinary people doing extraordinary things. And in a way, that's quite, that's portrayed very well um, that they are, they seem to be normal people, but, and they're trying to fit into this world, but they have, you know, a little bit of difficulty in that. And they all have, they're all such different personalities and they all have different, um, mental problems that they're trying to work through um so I guess in a way that's how it's it's all in the I guess it's in the performing there um
0: what is the most distinct theatrical element of this interpretation
1: Well well um I think there's a few but the most distinct that's tricky but definitely the costumes play a big role because instantly it sets you in the world that we're in it instantly sets you in um, in the 1970s also the director was very keen on having because um, we often talk about people on the spectrum and so she took that word spectrum and created um, spectrum of colors and so each character ha- is a particular spectrum of color so we have orange we have o- orange which is for cherry we have um, yellow for Julie, so they're all got different colours. Um, Henry has green, and Ruth is um, she's blue. So we have yeah. So so that was sort of a, I guess a, a secret little theme that we had developed in the play um, to portray that. Um, people probably don't even notice that, but it's a yeah. I guess it's a. It was a director choice, but quite an interesting choice, and that was carried through with the costumes. And then there is the elements beyond costume. I think the fire and the water that we have in the play is quite um, fun technical elements that we have to play with because it's it's raining heavily outside, we've got a hole in the roof. um, So we're able to have water on stage, which is a tricky element generally when it comes to presenting a theatre show and real fire, real flame, because of Doug being the pyromaniac.
0: Would you say there is bold use of fire and water?
1: Yes. Yeah, so we have in, there's four entrances to the set and the two um, doors closest to the stage um, have rain outside the doors. So it's like a big sprinkler system, basically. So when they open the door, yeah, and they have their hands out, yeah, there's a lot of rain going on. So it's just a bit of a, yeah, I guess it's adding to that realism of the, of the set and the world that they're in. Um, but, you know, I think actually all elements that come together are quite important, all the technical elements, because we also have the lighting, which plays quite a big role in terms of the outside world. We always talk, it in, we've often talked about this play of having the outside world being it's full of color and light so in all of the doors that we have is bright white light when they open it sometimes it changes to different colors like orange or red when there's a fire things like that so it goes to show that there is an outside world for them and and where they're heading to where the characters are heading to or um yeah so i find that's quite an interesting aspect of this production is Um, yeah having that outside world to the inside dark world of the theatre that they're creating.
0: What do you consider to be the main themes of the production?
1: For me the main theme I would say would be oddball characters who have trouble fitting in and um, it also shows how theatre can affect, um, well not theatre but art brings everyone together so I think, yeah, they're the two probably key things that stand out for me is, um, yeah, art bringing us together and people trying to fit in into the world that we have, like who who's, who's normal and who's not normal, um, which is things, questions we, you know, ask every day, what's normal?
0: How does the production design enhance the audience's understanding of these themes?
1: Well, I guess, you know, if you, when you're reading the play, it, you get one perspective of it, but when it's performed in front of an audience, there's another whole layer. And then with the technical elements on top of that, there's another whole layer. So, because theatre is a, you know, it's a visual medium. So um, you can get a lot out of it in terms of, I guess, how the lighting is portrayed, as I explained earlier, um, how the costumes set us in the world we're in and, the set gives you um, an idea of exactly where we are without having to. It says a lot, like a picture tells a thousand words. The elements of a, a theatre production also you know, tells a thousand words.
0: How have the actors contributed to the interpretation of the text?
1: Um, through a lot of rehearsal, I guess they've <laughs> brought their own characters to life. Um, but really, that they, they did research a lot. I mean, there's no specific each character doesn't have a specific um, line of what their mental disability is, because um, it's not. I mean, yes, there's pyromania things like that that are obvious, but there there could be other underlying problems. So they really explored different um, different mental health issues that they could that each character could possibly have. Um, so I guess they explored that a bit, um, and really, it was about playing in a space that everyone felt comfortable in and they all felt like they were family in a way so they could really explore um, the world that they were in. And, yeah, so I think... And we also did some... We rehearsed um, moments just like improvisation, basically, where we had the character... um, Sean Keenan, who plays Lewis, he ran the warm ups and things like that. So it was like it was a bit of life imitating art in that way. So he would, yeah, run the warm ups as if it as he does in the play kind of thing that they were actually warming up for for real rehearsals. So, you know, was that was that's that double over a little bit.
0: Did the actors get to decide which mental illness their character was going to have? They did,
1: yeah. I mean, obviously the directors can still have, you know, quite a say in that, but um, definitely the actors um, brought a lot to their characters.
0: What is the theatrical style of this show? You mentioned realism. Is that the style you're going for?
1: Yeah. Well, I guess I have mentioned realism, but I guess it's in a way heightened realism because um, it is a natural world that they're in, but... um, to create a little bit of comedy, you need a little bit of a bit of heightened um, realism there. Realistic is in the sets. Realistic to be a burnt-out theatre, there's a hole in the roof, there's all the elements that is described in the script. Um, but the heightened part comes from um, when you open the doors, there's this bright white light, or you look up to the ceiling and there's moments of um, light coming through like quite bright light, Um, as we have one of the characters, Zach, um, looks up to the light and says, you know, a bright white light, like an enunciation light, like that's, you know, elements like that and Ruth holding out her hand when the rain is dripping through the ceiling and looking up. It's just magical moments that the director tried to create and other elements. It's all about actually quite a lot of the magical elements are to do with lights. So we also have, um, I think nearly every character has a prop that they bring on that has light shining out of it. So we have Zach, for instance, who opens up the piano where light comes out from the piano. Um, we have Ruth carries on a pot plant that has light coming from the plant um, Henry carries on a fire bucket that has light coming up shining onto his face and he also hands over at the in the very final scene he hands over to Lewis a little tin that he carried his soldiers in his toy soldiers and at the end of the play when Lewis opens that tin up light shines from that so it's yeah I guess it's symbolic um, in a way so they're just a few examples of yeah how light is prepared portrayed
0: um what does this light symbolize or what do you think it symbolizes audiences will have their own view or interpretation of course
1: yeah absolutely you could interpret and i probably interpret a different way to other people interpret it too so it's really up to the viewer (laughs) um i think it's i think it symbolizes to me hope um hope of of um their future and how they will live in this world and how people will um, react with them and um, and make them feel part of the world. That's kind of what I think it is, but it could be. Yeah, it could mean anything you want it
0: to. How is the actor audience relationship manipulated throughout the play?
1: Uh, um, well, the way that the set is actually um, designed, where we have a platform on stage that can be pushed forward. So in the first act and some of the first scenes in act two, the set is further what we call upstage, so further away from the audience. And when they're rehearsing, all the characters sit in front of the platform. So they become the audience. And then when the opera happens, the platform is pushed forward. So that then the audience become the actual audience. Yes, sometimes the fourth wall is broken, but very rarely. And there are moments where the director said, "Oh no, actually it's not right to break the fourth wall. There, keep it in." So there's only moments. There's a few moments when Doug does when he's talking about um, burning the cat. So he'll look out, and but it's never actually really the fourth wall is never really entirely broken, except in the opera when the audience actually do become the audience and in a way part of the play. Uh, In the opera, in the audience, we have um, Doug and Justin sit in the audience. So they actually interact with the front two rows of the audience when they're sitting there. Um, So that's one way that it's completely broken, the fourth wall. So yeah, but the rest, it's actually quite internal.
0: Is the audience being transported to the 1970s or is the opera coming to us in 2019?
1: I think it transports from the audience to the 70s. That's the aim, I would say, because, yeah, you want... By then, the audience should be sucked into the the world that the play... The journey that you've... That the play has taken you on. You want to, yeah, be taken on into that world. So I think it's really... Sucked the audience into that world. That's what I would like to think, but you know, if they still feel they're in 2019, then they're still in 2019, but should still be experiencing the opera, how they've performed it as it is.
0: Music plays an important role in this play, especially in the opera. Is there live music?
1: There's no, the only live music is um, Zach playing the piano and Ruth playing the recorder um and cherry attempting to play the trombone in the audition scene um the the opera is actually a recorded music but they do sing live so there they are singing live on top of the opera but obviously because they're not supposed to be professional opera singers they are um yeah doing the best that they can over the top of the music they've only got zach who is the orchestra one person and he's playing the piano or the piano accordion and then And then he's um, out to it for the actual opera. So (laughs) someone turns on the um, record player.
0: Thank you for your time today, Julia Smith.
1: Pleasure. Thank you very much.
0: That is all from us at The Aside. We have a number of episodes in the bank, over 150 now, and we've recently hit over 18,000 listens. And if the emails we're getting tells us anything, is that this podcast is helping students and teachers all around Victoria. If you would like to ask us a question, or if you want to suggest a topic for a future episode, please do not hesitate to contact us at asidepodcast at outlook.com. Thank you to Drama Victoria for your ongoing support. Thank you to Eltham College for letting us record here. Thank you to Aaron Searle for providing the music. And of course, thank you for listening.